When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. All right, I think we're ready. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki, and I have a special guest back tonight. Whitney Willis. Hey! (laughs) She is actually um, a very special star of the podcast because she prompted the first ever meme that has been made about Irioki. It was amazing, too. Like, it it made my day to see that. It was so awesome. So shout out to Brianne, who made that um, and posted it. That, like, that made Whitney and I so happy. Yes, thank you, Brianna. That was amazing. Yes, that was so amazing. Um, Yeah, so, oh my gosh, today has been like crazy I drove back from Fort Worth and I posted a picture this morning of me in the stockyards and I was really kind of surprised at how many people that follow the podcast actually live in Texas that's awesome it is awesome and I wanted to say like a special hello and shout out to all of you people because Whitney knows this I love Texas yes like, we, we love Texas. We love Texas like, so much. one of our favorite places to visit. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Like, if I was going to move anywhere, it would probably be the Fort Worth area. Yeah. Like, I love Texas so much. Like, oh, my God. And we went to Billy Bob's, and it was so much fun, and, like, just so great. And that's what I've got on right now is my Billy Bob's tank it top. It is that so I wore, cute, you guys. That I, that I bought. I mean. It is so cute. It's really cute. It's, like, light pink, <laughs> and it's got a guitar on it, and it's, it says Billy Bob's on it, and it makes me feel like... Special. And I'm also wearing um, Harry Potter leggings with this because, like, I feel like I need to showcase both aspects of my personality. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so it's yeah. It's a perfect mix. Yes, it's a perfect <laughs> mix. Yeah. So, if uh, do you want to reintroduce yourself for anybody that, like, didn't hear the Nanny Doss episode? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm Whitney, and I am really super into horror. Um, I've loved it for as long as I can remember, honestly, like since I was Mm -hmm. a kid, I've always loved scary, spooky stories. And, um, and that, that's really it. When you were a kid, did you read the scary stories to tell in the dark? Yes. Oh my God. And I have not seen the movie and I've been wanting to go see it and I just haven't got around to it. Oh my God. Those stories like messed me up when I was a kid. Like it, the like, pictures are haunting enough. Like oh, they yeah. are, I'm yeah. pretty sure they're ingrained in my brain. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. just, and like, do you remember the hearse song that was in one of the yes. books that was about like, if don't you ever laugh as a hearse goes by, yes. cause you might be the next to die. I still, even though I have worked in a funeral home, every time I see a hearse, I think of that song. Really? Yes. I think it's crazy. Like it's so, it's so wild. Like the stuff that you learn as a kid, like how it can impact you and stuff like that. So um, anyway, we're doing a really special episode today, and I actually want to give a shout out to my aunt who, number one, okay, she is a badass because this weekend, the whole reason we were in Fort Worth is so that she could drive at Texas Motor Speedway. And in that group of 50 to 60 people, all of them were men except for four. 
And I was so proud. I am so proud of her too. Oh, that I know. Is I was amazing. I was so proud of her because I mean that it's intimidating enough, like just to drive a car that fast and like be on the speedway and like all that mm-hmm. stuff. But to be one of the only women in that group, I'm sure has to be even more mm-hmm. intimidating. Absolutely. You know, and she was, and we were all talking about how proud we were of mm-hmm. her and like, it was, it was just so awesome. It was such an awesome weekend. And I wanted to give her a shout out because she is the one that suggested the episode that we're going to do today. And it's such a good idea. It is. It is yes. so good. So as you guys know, when this airs, it will be Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. And so we're going to be talking about superstitions. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I did some, some research into like the origin of the word and like the origin of superstitions and stuff like that. So we're going to start there. So like, um, according to dictionary.com, it's a noun and it is a belief or notion not based on reason or knowledge in or of the ominous significance of a particular thing, circumstance, occurrence, proceeding, or the like. A system or collection of such, such beliefs, a customer act based on such a belief, irrational fear of what is unknown or mysterious, especially in connection with religion and any blindly accepted belief or notion. So um, this goes back like pretty far. I was kind of it was I was actually kind of surprised at how like complex the history of superstitions mm-hmm. is. And like we're barely going to scratch the surface. But like um so according to Wikipedia, the word was first used in the 15th century as one of the four sins chronicled in Friar Dawes reply. It was thought to come from the Latin word superstare, which means to stand over, stand upon or survive. And um and then according to a quote from Hendrik Wagenwurt, I'm guessing is how you say that. I don't know. I, I probably just butchered that, but it was really fun. Yeah. Like, it good, sounded good, fun. Good try. Yeah, good try. <laughs> A for effort. Um, so Cicero derived the term from superstitiosi. Um, those who are, quote, left over or survivors, descendants connecting it with the excessive anxiety of parents and hoping that their children would survive them to perform their necessary funer- funerary rites. So I thought that was like... That's really interesting. It is interesting. Um, And so then there's another quote um, from Vane from 1987. uh, Greek and Roman polytheists who modeled their relations with the gods on political and social terms scorned the man who constantly trembled with fear at the thought of the gods as a slave feared a cruel and capricious master. Such fear of the gods was what Romans meant by superstition. Hmm. So like there was an attitude even then Mm -hmm. about like this not being a super, I guess, sophisticated point of view to like think of superstitions and be like, Oh yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. that's really bad. Um, and also I didn't know this and like, um, maybe some Catholic people can reach out to me about this, but apparently superstition is considered sinful in the catechism of the Catholic church. Really? Yeah. That's what I found. Yeah. So it's, and I guess that that kind of, um, so the quote on that is uh, superstition is a deviation of religious feeling and of the practices this feeling imposes. It can even affect the worship we offer the true God. For example, when one attributes an importance in some way magical to certain practices, otherwise lawful or necessary to attribute the efficacy of prayers or of sacramental signs to their mere external performance 
apart from the interior dispositions that they demand is to fall into superstition. So I can I can totally see that, like how that would. I guess that makes sense if you're looking at a, like a magical stance. You right. know, mm-hmm. I can see how that would, they would like. like yeah. And it's kind of like almost making something into a false god. Like right. saying like, oh, because I saw this. Some this good thing or this bad thing is going to happen, right? Instead of God controlling things, it's like right. this superstition. Is exactly, controlling what's it's like giving power next. to that. Yeah. yeah, so I could to- I could totally see I how that see would that would be really interesting though. If you are Catholic, like reach out to us and if if you have any opinions or have been taught anything about superstitions, I would be really interested to hear that. Um, Catholic churches were always my favorite to go to when I worked at the They're funeral home. Beautiful, they are so They're beautiful, so beautiful. They're so beautiful, and I always like. Even though I'm not particularly religious, I always, like, could totally understand the um, comfort of the rituals mm-hmm. that they do. It's very ritualistic, mm-hmm. and, like, I could totally, like, I, I, I really, I liked that about it. So, the next thing we're going to talk about is the psychology of superstition, and this is kind of interesting. Um, so, B.F. Skinner, in an article in the Journal of Experimental Psychology, claimed that a group of pigeons he had been observing had exhibited superstitious behavior. You ever heard mm. of an animal animal being superstitious? No. Yeah. Yeah. So what? I thought that was... Um, so basically, like, he observed these pigeons, and they would perform certain actions in sync with each other, such as, like, turning around in their cage or swinging their heads, um, various other behaviors in anticipation of receiving food, even though the food had been put on a strict schedule and was delivered at the same time. So it's like, um, it, it would kind of be like if you're like, I read about this in that, that book that I keep telling everybody that I'm reading the North star book by Martha Beck. Um, she talked about how her dog, uh, kind of believes that he has to do this whole routine of things before he gets fed. Like he wow. believes that he has to like, jump around and bark and like do all right. these things even though she's to him getting fed exactly he thinks it's going to lead to that even though it's really just going to happen because right. that it happens at 6 p.m every day right yeah so that's kind of like what the what's going on here um so even though the pigeons weren't always getting reinforcement they still continued this behavior and it was almost impossible to eliminate so like they couldn't get the pigeons to stop basically <laughs> stop like being superstitious <laughs> exactly superstitious pigeons yeah so from wikipedia this is called partial reinforce the partial partial reinforcement effect and this has been used to explain superstitious behavior in humans to be more precise this affects this effect means that whenever an individual performs an action expecting a reinforcement and none seems forthcoming it actually creates a sense of persistence within the individual This strongly parallels superstitious behavior in humans because the individual feels that by continuing this action, reinforcement will happen or that reinforcement has come at certain times in the past as a result of this action, although not all the time, but this may be one of those times. So that's from um, Charles Carver and um, let's see, uh, Charles S. Uh, Yeah, Charles Carver and Michael Shire in uh, Perspectives on Personality. Mm. So... I mean, I, like, I completely, like, I think of myself as a pretty rational person, mm-hmm. but, like, I know I'm superstitious. Yes. I'm very superstitious. And is, is there a superstition that you feel that you've always, like, had in the back of your mind? Like, one in particular where you oh. always think about it if it happens or you come across it? There is one that has recently become significant for me. So, yes, yes you know what I'm I talking know about. What you're talking yes, about. I know what you're okay. talking about. So this is like, I'm probably revealing way too much of my inner psychology with this, but that's okay. Like whatever. 
people can deal with the fact that I'm a little bit off. So um, I place a an inordinate amount of significance on seeing a yellow pickup truck. Yes. Like, I, yes. <laughs> okay. So the whole root of this is that my grandpa always wanted to buy an old, like restored yellow Studebaker. And I, so like, for me, when I see a yellow truck, even if it's not like buttercup yellow, like what he wanted, if I see a yellow pickup truck, I look at that as like a sign of something good coming. Mm-hmm. And so like, like it, it, and I know, I know, I know all about like the whole thing of how, if you are looking for something, you will see it everywhere. So don't come at me with that. I know right. about that. But I love that so much. I love the story behind it. Yeah. And I love that you guys, whenever we're driving around, we're all, we're constantly just like, there's a yellow truck. There's a yellow truck. Yes. There's a yellow truck. And they're different yellow trucks and they're different places. And they're different years. Over, like, different years. It's not like, it's not, not like, like there's a yellow truck that one yellow truck that's just driving around, yeah. you know, more Norman area. Yeah. It's like they're all different yes yeah and I see them I saw so many on the way to Texas and I saw so many on the way back and I was like this is a sign I don't know what it's a sign of but good something things. good, good is things. coming yes. yes yeah so I and you know what I would much rather be someone that like sees good signs me too than be someone that sees like the good the exactly. good super <clears throat> yeah exactly yeah like I would I would much rather just like always be thinking something good is hap- gonna come even if it's not like I think than, so. I like than, that like, too yeah yeah because, like, along those lines, like, if you are looking for some, if you're looking for mm-hmm. good things to happen to you, good things will happen That's to you because you'll see them. That's true. Like, mm-hmm. you'll, yeah. So, um, there's also a theory uh, that this has to do with natural selection, which I thought this was kind of, like, harsh and funny at the same time. <laughs> so, it's basically that, like, good reasoning is preferred evolutionarily and bad reasoning, such as superstitious thinking, is a good way of, like, weeding out like the weaker members of the species. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is, that is what I gathered oh from that. Gosh. So basically like I am one of the weaker members of the oh species. My gosh. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm superstitious. Um, and also this, I thought this was interesting. Uh, people are more likely to associate negative events with superstition because of the negative agency bias. Um, according to Carrie K more wedge i see that i i definitely yeah. see that because when i think of superstitions i always think of like breaking a mirror yes you know oh, yeah, and, yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff like that and yeah i don't i don't know why i just i never particularly have thought about it in a positive way until right. the yellow truck thing yeah and yeah, then yeah i started yeah. thinking about more positive ways. yes <laughs> but you know what in the back of my mind there's always like this voice that's like what if they're trying to warn you about something? Oh God. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, like there's bad things coming. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm like, yeah, Yeah, I know. Like, please be good signs. Exactly. These good signs. (laughs) I'm going to say they're good. So we're going to talk about some like commonly held superstitions. So like when you think of superstitions and you think of Halloween, what is the first thing that comes to mind? The black cat. Yes. Black cats. Black cats. Which, like, black animals are the least adopted animals in shelters. That is so sad, too. It is so sad. I have had, um, 
two little black shelter dogs in my mm-hmm. life. I've had I've had black dogs before, and I've specifically gone and sought them out. I was like, oh, because of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that was Maggie. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was like, I, was, yeah. I, I, I also think I looked at her and thought, this one looks like trouble. So yes, like exactly. So this is that, the one I want. That is how I got Georgia. So mm-hmm. my my um dog, Georgia, her adoption picture is the honoriest oh my adoption picture ever. She, I'm not kidding. She is running and has this big old grin on her face. Yep. She and looks she, like trouble. Yes, she looks like trouble. And yeah. I was like, I need that one. Yes. That's the one. You're like, yeah, I want yes. a handful. <laughs> yeah. So this was on a website called historicmysteries.com. And uh, basically, like, um, it was all about black cats. And, like, I know a lot of people uh, that prefer cats to dogs. I'm personally a dog person. Like, I'm a dog person, too. I'm definitely. I, I do love cats. I do. Too. I do. I, I do love yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. My aunt has a lot of cats. And um, I, I love her cats. Um, but anyway, um, apparently cats were not always a favorite like they are now. Mm. Like historically speaking, cats mm-hmm. were not as always as th- thought of as like these companion animals mm-hmm. to us. So according to this article on historicmysteries.com, some people speculate that a distrust for cats dates back to prehistoric man and his or her encounters with the Smilodon. And the Smilodon, um, if you don't know what that is, it's a saber-toothed cat, commonly known as the saber-toothed tiger. Um, and I thought that they were a lot bigger than they actually were. Mm-hmm. Like, when I looked at this, I was, like, I was a little disappointed. How big are they? They're about the same size as uh, modern big cats. Really? Which, like, I probably sound like a jerk being like, um, oh, well, I'm not that impressed with the size of a tiger. <laughs> like, you know, like, I probably probably sound I like an asshole. elephant size, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I need you to be bigger, yeah. okay? Like, uh, so, which I, I say that, and, like, if I was, like, a cave woman and, like, one of these things came at me, I would probably, like... It, it you would probably be, wouldn't be disappointed I wouldn't then. be disappointed, no. I would be looking for a yellow <laughs> truck i'd be like where's it at i need a good sign i needed to get me out of here (laughs) yeah um so like they were approximately the size of modern big cats according to wikipedia but they were more robustly built so the the way i think about this is like maybe Mm -hmm. like a tiger is like um like a labrador Mm -hmm. and like maybe like the smilodon was more like a really really buff pit bull Mm -hmm. like so basically the same size but muscly and stocky stocky yeah Yeah. so like really really tough um so in this theory like people speculate that there is a primal fear that evolves surrounding big cat surrounding cats big cats particularly and that according to this theory pretty much 98 percent of us have gotten over this oh my gosh but um but there are still still people that i i know there are still people that are afraid of cats like do you remember um when i was a kid there was this movie that i feel like this is a movie that my dad and i watched together because this seems like something my dad would make me watch um and it was called strays Mm. it's about cats like okay. it, it's it's basically like if Cats the musical was like a horror movie. Oh God! Like, not exactly. That like kind of terrifying. Like, because basically, it's like all these feral cats like attack these people. It's like what? the birds, but with cats. Oh my God! Yeah, and it, it straight up scared me as a child, which Whoa. is probably why I'm a dog person. Like, also, I did not watch Cujo as a child, so that probably influenced right, that too. Right? Like, yeah. Um, but I also think this is really interesting. Like, I've heard this before about like. Um, like uh what do they call it like genetic memory or whatever where it's like something that you inherit but it's like a feeling like and so that that's kind of interesting about the um 
the inherited primal fear that is about that. Um, but we're particularly interested in black cats today. And that superstition seems to have originated in Europe. And according to the same website, the Norman and Germanic peoples assigned a sinister meaning to the black cat, much like the raven. It was thought that if you saw a black cat, it heralded a death coming in the near future. Um, and that's where the fear of a black cat crossing your path comes from. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. And I also didn't know that a black cat crossing your path meant that someone was going to die. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. So I always just thought it was like, oh, it's going to be a bad day. Like, well, yeah, it's going to be a real bad day for somebody. Yeah, a real bad day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Europeans uh, seized by this superstition. This is really sad. Um, and it, it was the Middle Ages they killed black cats oh my in mass. That's like, so yeah. Um, it's speculated, actually, that the dramatic decrease in the population of these cats contributed to the massive population explosion in the rats that ended up carrying the bubonic plague. Yeah, so don't kill a bunch of black cats because then the rats will get I'm all just, of... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's bad. It's a bad deal for everybody, especially the cats. <laughs> Um, and the bubonic plague, uh, so it, I didn't know these statistics. It wiped out more than 25 million people in less than five years. Jeez. That's so much. That is so much. That's so much. Cause, uh, isn't the population of America like 300 million people? Yeah, I think so. So that's, that's a that's good a significant lot. chunk of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, this period of time also corresponded with a time when many women and some men were being persecuted as witches. Um, and black cats uh, became associated with magic and with the belief that Satan had created black cats to be witches' familiars. Um, also, according to historicmysteries.com, witches were believed to be able to transfigure themselves. They didn't use the word. I just want to point this out because I'm wearing Harry Potter leggings. They didn't use the word transfigure, but I did because did. of Harry Potter. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So uh, they were they were believed to be able to transfigure themselves into black cats so that they could sneak easily into the shadows and cast spells and hexes on their enemies, which like, honestly, I like, I like that too. Cool. I wish I could do that. Me too. Like I would <laughs> totally be slinking around in the shadows, hexing people like absolutely. Um, so like then, then like comes the time in history where like a religious group start coming to America in search of religious freedom. And they brought their superstition about black, black cats with them. Um, and apparently a lot of, uh, black cats were killed in droves on Shrove Tuesday before Lent during the times of the Salem witch trials. God, so stop killing black cats. I know, guys. I know, it's awful. Um, so this notion of a black cat, it became so enmeshed in American culture that eventually the black cat became this symbol of Halloween. Like, how many times have you seen a jack o' lantern carved? With the cat with the, cat cat with the arched it. back, yeah, yeah, or in it? Yes. I've seen those too. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and Halloween, like if you guys didn't know this, like, which I'm, I imagine most people do know this, but Halloween is actually a really dangerous time for black animals and black mm -hmm. cats specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, like, cause still to this day, there are people who will like target black animals on Halloween mm -hmm. to like torture them and do stuff to them. Um, so if you have a black cat that is an outdoor cat, keep them inside at Halloween. Dogs too. Dogs like, too. Yeah. Any black animals. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so stupid. Like it is. It's, people it's, are, ugh. God. Um, yeah, and even though we consider ourselves to live in an in enlightened time, like this kind of crap still goes on. Mm -hmm. um, I had a black cat as a kid, and <clears throat> we were actually talking about him with your mom not too long ago. He was the one that brought me the mouse oh, when yes. I was laying by the fire yes. the fireplace 
And he like brought it up to me and laid it behind me. And I like rolled over and I'm like, what's that warm, wet thing under my arm? And it's like a (laughs) dead, slightly bloody mouse. I was like, God. Um, So another superstition that is particularly significant today is Friday the 13th. Yes. So there is actually a, there are two words that I am about to butcher for your listening enjoyment. Um, So the first one is the irrational phobia surrounding the number 13. And that is, okay, give me a second. Deep breath. Okay. Uh, Let's see. This is like a lot of syllables. Um, Triskaidekaphobia. Triskaidekaphobia, maybe. I think that sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds great. Um, And that is the irrational phobia around just the number 13. Mm -hmm. And then... Here we go. This this is even more syllables. Um, Paraskevidekatriophobia. Perfect. Like, yeah, perfect. Beautiful. beautiful. That was so beautiful. That's like some... Do you know what AS, ASMR is? <laughs> no. Okay. <clears throat> so basically, it's like... Jay told me about this. Like, it. there are videos online, and like, there are even podcasts devoted to it, where like, it's like, it's like noises that people enjoy hearing. Oh, it's really hang on. Let me look up the definition. I'm taking a detour right now, but that's okay. Um, So this is like really fascinating to me because there are like whole YouTube channels devoted to this. Um, And it is pretty much. Let's see. Let's see if I can find a definition. Um, So it's, it's like it's it's like sounds that just like you really enjoy hearing. Hmm. Like it's really like is sometimes like like people as a whole like not everyone or is it a personalized thing i think it's a personalized thing because there are videos that are like um so there are ones that are like people whispering or some of them are like people Mm. chewing and like yeah i don't want that one yeah (laughs) but like it's very it's i think it's like autonomous sensory meridian response Mm. is what it's called um and it's like i don't know it's so weird it's it's really really strange to me um like this says what is an uh it's it's a video of asmr is a relaxing often sedative sensation that begins on the scalp and moves down the body Mm. so it's like when you get that feeling from something like and these videos are dedicated to this really yeah so and there are like podcasts dedicated to it too so what i'm trying to say here is i probably did that for someone with the way i said that word <laughs> not really i probably did the opposite like, they're gonna clip it and like play it on, on yeah, a loop exactly oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god <clears throat> okay so so uh the the word that i just said that paris whatever the paris word yes yeah that second one is the irrational phobia surrounding friday the 13th um and this is all according to wikipedia because that's where most of the information i could find about friday the 13th um came from so uh there's some speculation about why this day is considered particularly unlucky and i did not know this but it has to do with jesus really yes um so apparently his crucifixion is associated with the 13th and there were 13 people present at the last supper oh wow the thursday before his crucifixion oh it wasn't until the 19th century though according to wikipedia that the two things friday and the 13th happening in tandem became seen as especially bad when they occurred together so there's a direct quote from wikipedia about this 
It's possible that the publication in 1907 of Thomas W. Lawson's popular novel, Friday the 13th, contributed to disseminating the superstition. In the novel, an unscrupulous broker takes advantage of the superstition to create a Wall Street panic on a Friday the 13th. Mm. So um, it's also associated with the day that the Knights Templar were arrested on the orders of Philip IV of France. Wow. So that was not I didn't know any of that. I didn't know any of that either. And I think I was associating in my mind a lot of stuff that I know about Valentine's Day with Friday the 13th. Right? So I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, Friday the 13th, the Valentine's Day massacre. And I'm like, wait, no, wait, <laughs> like, no, that's wrong. <laughs> that's not right. That's bad with numbers, people. Bad Friday with the numbers. Friday the 13th is love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so in this, I thought was really interesting. Um, in other cultures, other days are significant. In Spanish-speaking countries, Tuesday the 13th is often associated as a day of bad luck. Oh, wow. And in Italy, it's Friday the 17th. What's with the 17th? I don't know. There, there weren't a whole lot of information about it. So if you do know that, definitely reach out to us because that's super, super interesting to me. And this, um, this was really interesting to me too. Um, this is a direct quote from Wikipedia. According to the Stress Management Center and Phobia Institute in Asheville, North Carolina, an estimated 17 to 21 million people in the United States are affected by a fear of this day, making it the most feared day and date in history. Some people are so paralyzed by fear that they avoid their normal routines in doing business, taking flights, or even getting out of bed. It's been estimated that 800 or 900 million is lost in business this day. Wow. That's, that's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's a great reason to call into work. Be like, I'm sorry, I can't come in. It's Friday the 13th. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> yeah. So if you need to call into work today, and this does go live at 5 a.m., Whitney and I are giving you a hall pass. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, also, the British Medical Journal determined that people injured in automobile accidents are 52% more likely to end up in the hospital due to those accidents that occur on Friday the 13th than on any other day of the year. Wow. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is. Yeah. Because it's like, I guess maybe the accidents are more severe. Maybe people or, are just on edge. Yeah. And yeah, that could, that could be like. a weird day. Yeah. They're I like. Know. Yeah. It's so interesting how like how much of what we already believe about something influences the outcome of things. Right. You know, like if, yes. you, if you already think that something bad's going to happen. Yeah. You kind of, you almost set it yourself up will, for it. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the next Friday the 13th that we're going to have occurs this year in December, which is super exciting to me because Friday, December 13th, I believe 1933 was my grandma's birthday. Oh, wow. I could be wrong about that. So like, um, I mean about it being a Friday the 13th, but I think it was a Friday the 13th. It was definitely the 13th. Um, and she was born in a cemetery. Really? Yes. Sunny Lane Cemetery. Oh, wow. Yeah. Her dad was the caretaker there. What? Yeah. So That's I have so like, awesome. I have like a history of creepiness in You've my family. you got it like in your blood. I do have it in my blood. I do. Yeah. Uh, it's like a Southern Gothic novel. I love it. I love it too. <laughs> so um, let's see. And of course, like I would be remiss to not mention this, but obviously like there's the Friday the 13th franchise mm -hmm. that is associated with that day. Mm -hmm. So um, another superstition that we're going to talk about is the evil eye. Ooh. So, like, I saw a status update about this the other day, and I was like, I I am so superstitious. Like, it's I'm realizing doing this podcast, right. like, how much superstitious thinking I 
indulge myself yes, in. I, I am too. Cause oh, I, it's like bringing everything like it's uh, making it, it yeah. it's putting it at the forefront of my mind. Yeah. Okay. So there was somebody that updated their status about the evil eye. And I remember like, it was like, don't tell people, um, your goals or your successes or whatever. Cause you don't know who's got the evil eye. Cause oh. like, that's a big thing with the evil eye is like, you see someone doing well and you're like, Oh, like, right. And someone who wants to come in and inf- infiltrate and yeah, and- something like that. Yeah. So according to Wikipedia, um, the evil eye is basically a bad look from someone, uh, well more than bad. It's like a look full of malice, Ugh. um, that sort of curses a person. It can cause harm or injury to the person who receives it. And oftentimes they aren't even aware that they're getting this look from someone. So that's kind of spooky. Um, The belief in the evil eye goes all the way back to classical antiquity, the Greeks and the Romans and other cultures. Um, Famous philosopher authors like Plato and Plutarch wrote about the evil eye among other ancient Greek and Roman authors. Um, The evil eye can even be found in Islamic doctrine. And according to Wikipedia, it is common when telling someone how beautiful a child is in that culture to say things like God has willed it or otherwise invoking a blessing onto the person or object being admired to Mm. prevent any kind of bad intent from being transferred onto that person or object. Yeah. So it's very like, like deeply ingrained, like superstition, like, um, and in the Aegean region of Turkey, brown and hazel eyes are dominant. Um, and it is thought that people with blue or green eyes are likely carriers of the evil eye. And guess who's looking at me right now? I see you. <laughs> you see me with my evil blue I eyes. See you with your evil blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's so funny. It's thought that people with light colored eyes are likely to bestow an evil eye curse onto someone. And I like, I guess it's just because it's not not so common. But you know, I, I I've given some dirty looks in my time. Do you think the person that's giving the evil eye is doing knows it on that purpose? they're doing yeah, it? Knows that they're doing it? Like, is aware of it? I don't think so because I like I think it comes from like a really deeply seated jealousy. Mm. Like so you're not even thinking like oh I'm going to give the evil eye to that person. You're just thinking I hate them. Right. Like they got what I want. That or, makes like, sense. Yeah. So it's like it's like I don't know. That's that's how I would how I would um interpret that. Right. Um and according to this source um this has become such a common turn of phrase in the English language that within the broadcasting industry, it refers to when a presenter signals to the interviewee or co-presenter to stop talking due to a shortage of time. <laughs> <laughs> so I have probably oh definitely God. given the evil eyes. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Okay, here's another word for you guys that I'm going to butcher. Um, in many cultures, this the way to ward off the evil eye is to use a talisman or apotropaic i think is how you say it um and it's literally translates to prophylactic um not a condom but like (laughs) basically from the greek which means in its most literal sense to turn away um and you've probably seen these in just about every new age store that you've ever been to or earthbound like Mm -hmm. the evil eye bracelets yes so basically Mm -hmm. it's like they're usually a lot of the ones that I've seen are blue. I almost bought that yellow one when we were at Craig's. Oh, really? Remember it? Yes. Yes. They had a yellow evil eye bracelet. There I go with the yellow. Like, yes. Because I was like, yellow everything. Sign. Yeah. Yellow, yellow everything. Um, I even have yellow Converse that yep. I wear everywhere. And a like, yellow septum ring right now. I do, I do. I do have a yellow septum ring. That's picked out today. That's right. I did. I, I picked out the champagne yellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it, Whitney, it, nothing goes unnoticed. No. Like, <laughs> 
and I have a yellow, and I drive a yellow car. And you drive a yellow car. Oh my god! Yes. Like yeah. Um. So like these little things, they're they're like a bead or a like a. a you can get them to hang in your car, like from the rearview mm-hmm. mirror. It's like a disc, like a little glass disc, and it's like a circle inside a circle inside a circle with a dot, and it mm-hmm. vaguely looks like an eye. Mm-hmm. But basically, that's the evil. That is the evil eye that is meant to deflect the evil eye from someone else. Mm. Like so, if you have that, it's like protecting so you, it's protection from the evil yes, eye. it's like it's bouncing it back. Okay, yeah, and um, sometimes it's even embedded in the. Hamsa, Hamsa, or the hand of Miriam in Jewish culture, mm-hmm. or the hand of Fatima in Muslim culture. I've seen um, those together a lot. I have seen them mm-hmm. together a lot. Um, you've, like, listeners, you've very likely seen this variant of the evil eye talisman at Michael's <laughs> of all places <laughs> yes. in the jewelry section. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, in, in Turkey, the apotropaic symbols are woven into rugs to, oh, wow. like, ward off the evil eye. Hmm. Um, and that they can be they're they're anything from jewelry to rugs to they can be on anything um but yeah so i wanted to talk a little bit about some other smaller superstitions that like i knew as a kid and like get your opinion on some of these Mm -hmm. and like any that you knew as a kid Mm -hmm. like um one thing that i was told was that when your nose itches uh someone's coming to see you oh really i still think about that shit yeah like when my nose itches i'm yeah. like who's coming like yes yeah it's yeah. really it's like and i consider myself a pretty logical person yes. but like this stuff gets in your bones it does. like yes yeah. it, it's it's real like it, it really it gets in there um and i also was told that when your palm itches it means you're about to get some money oh my grandma would always I've tell me that. that and i'm like where's the money like yeah. where, where's it coming from like mm-hmm. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> So another Send thing, me you itchy palms, please. Exactly, yeah, I need itchy palms. <laughs> Mama's got some debt. <laughs> so uh, broken mirrors are also a common superstition. We talked a little bit about that. Um, they're thought to cause seven years of bad luck. And I actually broke a picture frame the day before we left for Fort Worth. Uh huh. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm so glad that wasn't a mirror. Yes. Because it would have bothered me. The funny thing about the broken mirrors is that mm-hmm. is something as a kid, I always had a fear of. Yeah, me too. It, it, like, it, yeah. Was an, it was an irrational fear. It was just like, you know, oh, I yeah, was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm going to have bad luck. Yeah, exactly. Seven years. And seven when, years is a long time. And when you're a seven-year-old, that's yeah. like literally <laughs> half, that's all of your life. Right. Like, that's your life again. Exactly. Of bad luck. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot. <laughs> Um, and something that I think is super interesting, I'm always bringing up this movie to Whitney and we, we are going to watch it together. I'm going to force her to watch it with me. (laughs) So, um, and Becky and I talked about this on the podcast is under the Tuscan sun. Yes. So under the Tuscan sun, you guys, like I am not all dark and spooky all the time. Like I, (laughs) there are many, she's got some soft spots in there. (laughs) I do. I do. So, um, I, I'm a multifaceted person. <laughs> like, so this is one of my favorite movies of all time. And basically it's about this woman who um her husband cheats on her and she they get a divorce and he ends up getting the house, I think, and she gets some money from the sale of I think that he they end up selling the house or something and she gets some money from that. It's not a huge amount of money, but it's enough to start over. Mm-hmm. And she goes on this trip, her um gay friends send her on a gay tour of Tuscany mm-hmm. and she's the only straight person on the tour. And they're telling her like, this will be great. No one's going to like try to flirt with you or harass you. Mm-hmm. You can just like focus on yourself and like have fun. And mm-hmm. so she's like, okay, this sounds great, whatever. And she goes on this. And while she's in Italy, she goes to Tuscany 
and she sees this Tuscan villa that's like super run down and on a whim she buys it mm. like she is from San Francisco right and she buys this house on vacation and she moves to Tuscany mm-hmm. and it's just like this it's such a magical story that's you guys awesome. so heartwarming so good it's like Aww. basically the moral of the story is like Things don't work out the way that you think they will, mm-hmm. but they work out anyway. That's right. And I'm like... I totally believe that. Yeah. And so anyway, in this movie, um, when she's buying the house, she goes inside and she's talking to this old woman that's selling the house. And the woman is like, she's like, no, 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 no. The price is not enough. Like, you're not giving me enough money for it. It's it's not enough. It's too precious to me to let go of for this price. Mm-hmm. And so Francis is like, okay, well, I guess I'm not getting the house. And so she starts to walk out of the house and a, I think it's a pigeon... <laughs> shits on her oh my gosh and the woman sees this and interprets it as a sign from god that she is meant to have the house really yes and so she sells it to her so like in some cultures um birds pooping on you can be seen as a good omen i have never heard that before yes it's really weird because that was the first place i ever heard of it but Uh after i saw that in under the tuscan sun i heard of it several other places which again i'm aware that once you're looking for something you see it more like i get that people i feel like i'm being lectured by like people in my head right now about like how ridiculous i am by yourself (laughs) exactly yeah like part of me is like morning you're being ridiculous so you asked me about any personal superstitions that i had and i talked about the yellow trucks so do you have any personal superstitions um i'm trying to think i don't really think that there's anything grasshoppers grasshoppers yes yeah okay yeah so uh i now that she brought that up yes um which is also a positive one yeah it is a positive one yeah so I've had this weird thing that every time I have something, big changes in my life, mm-hmm. anytime something takes a turn, I see a lime green grasshopper mm-hmm. and it'll be on my car or it'll be just hopping around. And I've been um, with you when you've spotted yes, them. Yeah. I've seen several on my car. Like I will like come out and one will be like on my door handle, mm-hmm. you know? And yes. And, yeah. it, and it's always, and I feel like it's, to me, it's a, it's almost like reassuring. It's a sign yes. of like, okay, everything's going to be okay. Oh yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And it's always when something big is happening. Yeah. Oh, I completely get that. Yeah. And I actually like, whenever I see a lime green grasshopper, I'll take a picture of it and send it to Whitney. Cause I'm yes. like, you need to see this. This is, this is, uh, yeah. And then one night we were actually sitting out by the fire pit. This was so weird. I've never had this. I actually had a toad aggressively attack me just last night. Really? Or not last night. I wasn't here last night. Uh, Thursday night. Um, so we were sitting out by the fire pit one night and these two toads, like, <laughs> one of them was like intent on committing suicide. Yes. Like this toad wanted to end it all. He jumped into the fire pit like three or four times. Yes. Yeah. And so we rescued him every time and I cussed at him a little bit and told him that he was stupid and, you know, (laughs) sent him on his way and he would come back, jump in again and we'd do it all over again. And it was really interesting because the toads ended up, we ended up looking up the symbolism of the animal and it kind of fit with what both of us were dealing with at the time. And there were two of them. Mm -hmm. And it was, so it was, so like, I feel like it's more fun to be a person that sees signs everywhere. Yes. Like, I feel like that's way more fun than being like, that like not doing that kind of thing right i don't know it's kind of like how we talk about like um like one of the things that uh, bothers me about online dating is when people are super negative yes me too and yeah so it's like i would rather be the person that looks at the toad and sees a sign than the person Mm -hmm. who's like that's stupid right yeah 
So I'm like, I am irritatingly positive. Mm -hmm. I am irritatingly positive. (laughs) Yeah. That's why Whitney and I get along so well. (laughs) We are, we're both irritatingly positive. Um, so anyway, I guess that that's, that's about all that I've got. And we're doing something exciting as soon as we finish this tonight. Um, you want to talk about what we're doing? Yes, okay. I do. Okay, so I am starting my own podcast. Yay! Um, and it is called Night of the Groovy Podcast. Hell yeah. And it's going to be all about horror pop culture. And it's going to be a variety of stuff. It's going to be like horror events that may be going on um, mm-hmm. locally and not local. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be... Uh, you know, maybe some scary movies, uh, um, true crime, a little bit thrown in there. It's just going to be a mix of stuff. And what we're doing tonight is we are going to, uh, film the first teaser for it. So, and you guys, you guys can follow it. Um, I have an Instagram. There's not anything on it yet, but I'm in the works of getting a logo created Mm -hmm. from and i'm working with a an amazing artist Mm -hmm. um who's creating a logo for it and it's a a night of the groovy podcast is the instagram and you can go follow um or you can follow my personal instagram my personal instagram is an anatomy of rock and you can see some pictures of whitney in the parallel forest yes uh, yeah yes uh my uh, hi sarah yes uh, hi sarah my my friend my friend and coworker sarah who is an amazing photographer you can go follow her too yes yes sarah fansler photography Mm -hmm. go follow her um we actually went to the parallel forest and did a photo shoot there and they turned out so good she is amazing you guys um and if you want to book appointments with her go mm-hmm. do that it's amazing but yes you can go see some parallel forest heck pic- yeah pictures and some puppy puppies getting some puppuccinos some puppies getting puppuccinos that's right yeah um so uh let's see what else have i got for you guys um I think that that's about it. Um, I kind of, uh, so I've, I've been writing the, the Irioki shorts and I, Whitney already knows about all this cause I talk about it constantly, but I have majorly shifted gears with my writing. Yes. And yeah, like, like major, majorly, like major like gear pump shift. Like the brakes. Like, like get off the highway. Yeah. yeah. Like we're going a completely different <laughs> direction. Yeah. So basically like, um, I, for the longest time was like, very snooty about romance and like Mm -hmm. secretly loved it Mm -hmm. and so i'm finally like writing romance Mm -hmm. and i am so excited Mm -hmm. i have literally written a novel like 50,000 words or 40,000 words of this project have happened in the last four days and what was that how many did you write in one day was like 30 i I, what no i wrote uh i wrote seven thousand three days in a row Okay. Which is, which is a lot. Yeah. Which is a lot. But like for me, that's, that's definitely a lot. I know that there are people who like Marissa, uh, shout out to Marissa. She did a vlog recently about writing 10,000 words in a day. I'm like, wow. Like, wow. That's amazing. But anyway, like this project has felt completely different than anything else that I've ever written. It's been so fun. It's been a story that like I want to tell because like. I want to tell it like it's the story I want to read so I'm very mm-hmm. excited about it and I know that like um a lot of people are going to be like what are you doing talking about like horror and then you're like writing romance novels <laughs> like what is this but I told you people I am a complex little pirate like okay <laughs> yes it's like and if you get that reference you're already like one of my favorite people if you know what that quote is from you are a complex little pirate so your mom would know what it's from you already know what it's I from I already know what it's from just from me saying that what it's yeah from. yes so hi so, mom yes <laughs> hi Teresa so uh uh, we um 
I will be publishing that sometime soon. I'm actually contacting the cover artist for it this week, which I'm super excited about. But um, anyway, I think that that's just about all I've got for you guys. So have a happy uh, Friday the 13th. And if any of you get any Friday the 13th tattoos, tell me about it. Because I always wanted to do that. I always think that would be fun. I do too. I've always wanted to get one of those. I kind of want to get like a black cat. I, I've always wanted to get the 13 or adjacent mask. Oh, that would be cool. Yes. That would be really cool. Yeah. I, oh. I see wheels just spinning right now. Do you see them? You can <laughs> yes, see it in my I eyes. Can see it in your eyes. <laughs> yes. Maybe we'll have a story for you later. Maybe we will. Maybe. <laughs> yes. Stay tuned. Stay tuned and stay spooky.